How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast. I'm your host, Josh or Jay Moskers, joined by special guest this week, singer, vocalist, songwriter, Low Key. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Josh. Appreciate you being here. Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself and, and what you got going on? Um, so I'm 27 years old from Katy, Texas. Um, been on the mic probably since I was 14. Um, so give or take. 12, 13 years. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I pretty much got into it, man, in high school. You know, the the cl- the, the lunch tables with, with the pen tapping and the beats. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like my pinnacle. That was my safe spot. Everybody was there. They were freestyling. Nobody was good. We were just kind of <laughs> saying what was ever on our mind, you know, just enjoying it. And I really enjoyed that. Like, it was fun. It was, it was different. It put me out of my shell. Um, I was kind of quiet, but I was still kind of the class clown. And I think the mic helped me speak thoughts that I couldn't necessarily say out loud because I'd probably get in trouble. <laughs> and everything kind of graduated from there. I just, I, uh, I had a, I had a, a piano that I had received for Christmas one year and you could record, yeah, you could record like little demo tapes and stuff. And I was trying to make like my own little like electric keyboard style. Yeah. Or like an actual, okay. Yeah, and you could like record, you know, like drum sounds and piano mm-hmm. sounds, and I I was like watching YouTube. I was watching uh, YouTube, and I noticed people were um, they were using like a program and a mic, and I, I found out they were using like a Blue Yeti, so I bought bought one of those, and yeah, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much all she wrote, man. I've been just doing music ever since, and just trying to get it running. Nice. Yeah, I've been tempted to get an electric keyboard they can be fun. Uh, the last like few months, but I just, I just know that I don't have the time required to like right. really learn how to play anything right now. Uh, yeah, because like I have an acoustic guitar, I have an electric ba- uh, bass guitar in, back in the closet behind me. I've got a didgeridoo, I've got a shamisen, which is like a Japanese like three string. Oh, thanks. So you definitely play instrument. some instruments yourself. And. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, the didgeridoo, I, I play it in like air quotes. <laughs> I have no idea how to play it. <laughs> it's just a long tube, essentially. I I know there's a way you're supposed to do it, but essentially it's blowing. It's kind of like the uh, the Vox box or uh, something, the talk box. Yeah, it like I said, it. I bought the shamisen and the didgeridoo for when I was streaming every day. Uh, during COVID, I was just at home all day, every day. So I was like, cool, I'll stream. So I'd stream like eight or nine hours a day, seven days a week. And I was like, I'll buy a didgeridoo if you guys want me to do that. And so like anytime we'd have like some event in whatever was going on, I'd pull it out and I'd, I'd just know, t- make the noise and just blow into it. Because it's like two and a half, three inches wide, I guess, roughly. I mean, obviously it's not like perfectly smooth like shape. So yeah, it, it's very bizarre to learn to, i don't know like how you're supposed to play i didn't bother to look into it right i think it's play. funnier if i don't uh but like the, the guitars and the shamisen i learned how to play and like i i never took lessons but i we had a piano in our house growing up like an actual piano uh and i think my my mom had a keyboard electric keyboard at one point too but it was a very old one it doesn't have all the features that modern ones have but yeah i, I would practice a little bit on there because you know i could read music at least and it would just be a matter of like trying to figure out how the piano works before I had like my own computer. I mean, like this is very early two thousands. It's not like I had like a phone, like a cell phone handy all the time, being able to look up anything. So it was just guessing yeah, game on the piano. I could, I could definitely yeah. imagine playing by ear was probably yeah. a lot more popular back then too, or at least whenever people were growing up without uh, right. like YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. I I think I don't like I don't know if you had a similar experience, but like for me, like I grew up. I mean, I'm only 29, but like I I grew up in the middle of nowhere, like on an old farm essentially. So like we the area I live in is still catching up to like the modern era, and I think that kind of got ingrained with in my mind like from a young age of I don't. There's so many scenarios where I don't bother looking up like guides, not just on YouTube, but just in general. And I just sit there and I mess around with stuff until I figure it out for myself. 
because while I'm doing that, I'm figuring out how all these other things work and what doesn't work and so on and so forth. And I kind of get to know it better as opposed to going to YouTube and figuring out the exact perfect way to do it right away. Cause then I'm not getting the experience that I would otherwise have. Of I like that. That's uh, it's kind of similar to um, some talks that I've heard about people that go to college for music. It's kind of like you could do that, but, or you could like kind of mess around mm-hmm. and figure it out yourself and then kind of de- develop your own way versus watching an instructor teach you a course, you know? So that's Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know like there's people I work with that do that with uh, like design stuff where it's like, this is the specific way that I was taught how to do this. And I'm like, oh, why don't you do it this way? It's more efficient. And they're like, what do you mean? And I would all show them. And it's like, yeah, they won't teach you that in school because it's kind of like a weird way to do it. But it's ends up being quicker, but it's not the, you know, right. textbook way to do it, so to speak. And I don't know. Like I said, I. I I think it helped having a, a ton of time as a kid to be able to do that for sure uh, and just tinker with stuff. But I, I don't know. I always enjoy yeah. doing things that way. But yeah, and going back to actually making music, like I, did you have like a, were there like a number, I don't know how big your area is, um, but like, did you have like a number of different people in your school that were also interested in music and did you like collaborate? I, honestly, stuff no. Um, collaborations didn't start happening probably until later later in, in like music life. Okay. Yeah. We had, uh, I want to say he started out like junior year in high school. Maybe there was a guy that was, uh, I went to school with that was super interested in like hip hop and stuff like that as well. And he would just do like covers of popular songs, like think like black and yellow, uh-huh. uh, by Wiz Khalifa. And he would do that, but then he changed the lyrics uh, I wonder if I could find him. That'd be interesting. Go back and listen to that. Where he changed uh, it to like match our schools, like, the uh, like weird Al Yankovic, what like he that did, sort of thing. And yeah, but it wasn't funny, and it it wasn't good enough. There's a there's a thin line, sort of. It's sort of like movies, where if they're really bad, it's entertaining, but if they're not quite good enough to be good, it's just like that in between area where it's like <laughs> this is just kind of unfortunate <laughs> but that, and that's what it was like and i don't get me wrong like i understand too like when you're in high school you don't have access to like the money required to get good equipment or like you know buy licenses to instrumentals and things like that online so i understand like the issues with some of that but yeah it was it i don't know it was a little off-putting at times for sure and i know that our uh prom i think it was our senior year at prom oh. like he he performed that song and i was like this is a hey, good good for really him and weird. his confidence right <laughs> yeah yeah i i think and i feel bad about it uh i think a lot of like the more popular students were like they were the people uh-huh. you know organizing prom and everything like that and i think they thought it was kind of like funny almost and so they asked him to do it and he didn't really realize that oh, they no. were kind of like laughing at him almost. So oh, the whole geez, situation was, was kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, he had a, he had a lot of problems oh, uh, well before that too. Uh, so, yeah, I remember it was one of those scenarios where he thought it was going to take off like his, his music career. So he didn't focus on school at all. He got really into drugs. Uh, and I know after we graduated, I went back to visit family at one point, like maybe a year or two later. And he was, he was working at a gas station that I stopped at and he was not in a good state of mind to say the least. And I was like, all right. Right. uh, I feel like that happens to you. Like you go to school with some of these guys and then you meet them later in life and you're like, wow, man, I'm so sorry. It's even if, even when people are in good situations, I find it really weird to meet people right. that you haven't seen since high school. I had that happen last Friday, actually. Uh, I went back to visit uh, one of my grandparents, and he wanted to go out to eat at this restaurant. Uh, it's like a Chinese buffet restaurant, and I hadn't been there since I was in like middle school, maybe. And I was, like, and we're like, yeah, sure. So we go out to eat. While we're there, ran into one of my teachers from high school, and they instantly recognized me which i was shocked by 
And uh, I was like, oh, I was going. He's like, yeah, what are you up to? And this and that. And we talked. I was like, that's cool. And I'm like, all right. He's, uh, he's you know, doing his thing, whatever. And then I turn around and there was somebody I went to school with. He's a whole there. school reunion. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's just weird to me. Like, I part of it, part of it is because, like, I don't expect to run into these people. And I'm like. I'm like, yeah, it's it's generic, like small talk, like how are you doing, what are you up to, whatever. But part of it is like, I'm a very like change oriented, where it's like I move around fairly regularly. I'm very like sort of ambitious, very sort of. I'm I'm somewhat ambitious in the sense of like, I just want to keep growing, expanding, you know, my work and you know, building upon myself and and you know, becoming more successful. It's weird to me to like run into somebody in the same town that they were born in, went to school in, graduated, went to college in, and they're still there. And I get it that some people are, that's what they want to do. But it's like, I don't know. It's still strange to me to a certain extent because it's very different from like my I, I can understand that too. And I think, I think kind of how you were explaining it, it wasn't really a lot that you grew up in. Like it was kind of like farmland, right? So it's, it's kind of confusing to see them want to stay in yeah. that place, especially if there's not really any growth going around. I think part of it is because it's like the the area I grew up in is very like like I said like you even mentioned it's a lot of like farm and farm like oriented stuff so we have like factories for like farm equipment or like housing like they're building like metal roofs um, you know just building houses you know woodworking that's sort of, it's all very hands on like factory oriented stuff for the most part and then you have like the medical field where it's all hospital systems you know uh private practices and then like senior living facilities uh i i forget i had counted a, number, a couple years ago because during covid we our area got hit super hard because we have like 24 or 25 senior living facilities in like a 15 mile radius or so it's insane and i'm like so if you don't work in a factory you're working in the medical field essentially so it's weird to me to see people that like based on what I knew of them when we were in school together, they had no interest in either of those things. So I'm like, why are you still here? Like, I thought you wanted to like be a designer or, you know, go and, you know, do whatever. Right. And you're, I think something big here. too, man, is like people pipe dream yeah. a lot when they're younger and then they get older and they're like, I don't want to put in this work. True. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it it's, I mean, especially like with music, like with what you do as well, it takes a ton of work. Uh, and I know I, I talk to people about this all the time because uh, one of the things I work on a lot is, you know, social media and, you know, content creation. And people will get started with it with like a super small budget, which everyone has to start somewhere. So, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, you know, giving people a hard time over that. But it's the work ethic that people approach it with where they want to just, yell, you know, I want to record a couple of videos, you know, a couple of like pictures posted on social media. How do I grow that? I'm like, it's not just to throw something together real quick and upload yeah, sort there, of a, there's, a thing. Like you have to treat oh it like God, a job right? if you want it to be your job. Yeah. And so many people want to take like, two minutes out of their day make a post and then call it a day yeah dude that's not how it works i see people that are doing that and it's it's kind of annoying i'm not gonna lie like i want to i want to call them out but then i also think to myself i'm like okay this used to be me this used to be i i was just posting maybe once or twice a day going why is nobody listening to my music why is nobody streaming me and then i woke up one day and i'm like oh wow like i am not doing nothing comparatively and I see people that are out here trying to get by with these one, two posts. And I'm just like, they, they, they're in my, they're in my DMS. They're like, Hey, you want to work again? I'm like, no, like you're, you're not even working. You're just kind of enjoying it, which is cool. Like there's people that want to make music to enjoy it. And then there's people that want to do it to eventually, hopefully turn it into something bigger. And that's what I'm trying to do. I don't, I don't, I don't really want to have, have fun right now. Yeah. I'm still having fun doing it, but you got to put the work in. Yeah, I mentioned it before on the show. People give me a hard time because like I'm really bad about managing like the Dentist uh -huh. Productions social media stuff. And it's to 
it's totally accurate when people give me a hard time over it, but they also need to realize it's like, I do the podcast, it works fine. But the bulk of what I do is behind the scenes stuff with other content creators. Like I'm not out here thinking that my, like, I am well aware that I am not interesting enough (laughs) to be like a social media standout. Like, it's just not, (laughs) it's not the case. It's not going to happen. I totally get it. Uh, I, I also don't have the time to create all of my own content and upload it and manage it. Like I, you know, I have a full-time job. I have a side job where, you know, I handle all the social media stuff for other people. Like I'm working 85, 90 hours a week on that. I don't have time to sit down, you know, stream for four or five hours or whatever, cut that up, edit it, upload all of it, make a bunch of different posts. Like I've got too much other stuff going on that Mm -hmm. is way more beneficial to me than getting that out to a few hundred people on Twitter or X or Facebook or whatever it it's the time investment is not worth it at this point. I will deal with that that when I get to it, (laughs) but I know I was, I know I'll get like a message saying like, Oh, you're telling other people to do this, but you're not, (laughs) I'm not trying to though. There's a difference here. These people want to be like TikTok famous, but they don't want to put the work in. Yeah. I think, I think also like, no, like part of, figuring out your niche or whatever is knowing your lane and and when something's not exactly like how you said worth your time or worth your energy because it's not going to benefit you yeah that that's a hard pill for people to swallow sometimes too like there are people that will come in and think that they have it all figured out and i think it's i don't want to say it's it's not an arrogance thing they're not coming into it like i know exactly what i'm doing whatever they they come into it with this preconceived notion of like this is just how it works right like this is how other people are doing it why i'm just going to do it this way and they get upset when you tell them otherwise but the problem is like i'll make up like a generic social media influencer like you have some random person that posts every day like this is what i'm doing today and they make it seem very lackadaisical and like they don't have a whole lot going on they just get to relax all day every day but that's that's the point like their whole the whole point of their content is to pretend like their life is easygoing and they have this lavish lifestyle. But in reality, behind the scenes is them putting on all sorts of makeup and filters and things like that, going to a set like or a house or something like an actual like closed area, taking the photos for their social media to promote something most likely and then posting it. Mm -hmm. And there's hours going into that, but it just doesn't seem like it from the outside but that gives off the right. impression that it's very easy to do. And so people get these incorrect assumptions on how it works and they carry that with them uh, when they, you know, approach me or whatever, or I reach out to them and they think it's going to be a lot easier than it yeah, is. Yeah, you're absolutely it's right. Not the case. Especially with how saturated everything is. Everybody is online. I think that's, that's something right there is that and, people yeah. will start doing a wave right somebody's team gets this wild idea and somebody else sees that and they're like yo let's do exactly that and then they're mad when they don't see numbers and it's like you're not you can't expect to follow suit and and think that people are going to be like oh yeah this is Mm -hmm. fresh this is new because it's not Mm -hmm. there's a company i work i'm working with right now where they they sell furniture and i i I was talking to them. I said, you know, how are you coming up with like the different designs? And like, oh, we have a couple of competitors, you know, we match their designs and we put it together. And like, how, like, how do you expect to grow and beat these people if you're just copying them, making it more expensive? At, and it's, it's the quality is either the same or yeah. not quite as good. And uh, they're like, well, you know, I, you know, we're all like, they throw out like the generic, like we're, you know, we're made in the USA. We source everything locally. And I'm like, at the end of the day though, they did it first. So people know them for it. And people will say they care about whether or not it's made in the U S they don't actually care once they go to see the cost. Right. There's a reason people that will, will fly like American flags, you know, on their truck or whatever. They'll say, I'm only by us. And they go to Walmart and buy all this shit that's made in China because it's cheap. It's cheap at Walmart, right? Like, I'm like, you have to understand your audience and you have to, you have to do something unique or you're not going to stand out. 
unless you're first to the game, you know, if you're the first person doing it, you've obviously got a one up there. But if you're the second, third or 50th person doing it, you have to really give people a good reason to buy from you over anyone else. Otherwise, there's you're going to flounder because there's no reason people go to you over a person that's already doing it better. But yeah, but, uh, I was going to ask, I wanted to get back on the topic of, of you and your music. Uh, what is like, obviously I'm sure it's going to vary greatly from, you know, one, each one, but like, is there a general time frame it takes you from like start to finish on a particular song? Um, I was, I was curious not really, that. man. It's always like a random name generator effect. It's like, if the beat's really good, um, <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen something I posted to Twitter. It was the Paranoia song. And. Oh, the one where you ask people to. You know, yes. Yes. Based on what they're paranoid And like just doing like that, that, like, I think that took yeah. maybe two and a half hours total to, to record. Right. Yeah. Right. Mix and record oh, and all that. And I'll have other songs that take me probably two to three months just to get all the, the co-production on it and, and additional singers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It really varies. Jeez. Do you have like a, a process you follow with each song? Yeah, it's it going to depend on how much time doing? I have to actually sit down and write. Or if I don't have time to sit down and write, I'm just going to have my AirPods okay. listening to the beat. And if I'm at work, I'll try to, you know, write some one-liners. And then at the end of the day, just try to put them together. Do you like have a... Uh, like when you're when you're trying to work on new music, do you have like a thought process of like this is kind of this the sound I'm going for, so I'll find instrumentals that are like adjacent to that, and then you do you search out for them, or is there a different um, process entirely? Typically, for the past two years, when I was putting out music, um, I was just kind of going up in the room, um, the studio, if you will, and putting on random beats and just hitting record, mm-hmm. and I was just freestyling and. I would listen back and I was like, Ooh, I really like what I did here, but I don't like that. I did this and I just cut it and I re-recorded it, but I did the change. And then I would do that. I just have fun with it for like a whole year, just making random songs. And then over the, you know, the end of the year, which was probably last few months, I was listening back and I'm like, damn, you know, some of these songs could be put together and turned into an album because they kind of correlate to each other. So it's kind of like playing a puzzle at the end of the, the, the session. Okay. Did, was there like a time period where you had to get used to hearing your own voice? Oh man, that was so long ago. I don't even know what that was like. Oh. Okay. <laughs> there, there's so many people I, I see, like especially on like the podcasting subreddits, which I go to a lot to provide like information to people or like find guests and things like that. And uh, there, I don't know how many times I see it's probably once a week, if not more, where it's like, oh, I, I is there anyway I can get someone to edit this because I, I hate listening to my own voice how do I fix this and it's like your voice is going to sound the way it sounds uh, unless you're throwing on I mean you can obviously adjust it and edit it in certain ways but unless you're drastically altering it in which case it's going to sound very right. strange to you when you listen back to it I'm like it's I'm like first just does it actually sound good have someone else listen to it whatever see if it sounds fine to them if so it is what it is there's no reason to like throw like a voice module yeah or like pitching the voice down or something mm-hmm. i mean part of it too is gonna be like the setup they use like i know my my voice fluctuates a lot just based on like what i'm talking about because if i get excited uh-huh. about something my uh-huh. voice gets a lot higher pitched for sure <laughs> but i know like from microphone to microphone like i said i started out with a blue yeti and then year or two ago forget how long it's been i got the sm7b uh, new mixer and everything like that changed it all up could definitely like, my voice is a lot more bass to it now on this i think I've, my voice has gotten a little deeper slightly over the last couple of years maybe but for the most part it's the microphone doing it and then just the audio setup um <laughs> i was just gonna say i think yeah it's it's probably the microphone but at the same time dude you developed uh this podcasting voice you know what i mean um because you've done it so long that you've got this mm-hmm. tamed uh this tamed question asking voice and it's also like information giving voice and it's like you can listen to that and 
and not feel overwhelmed. So I think even yourself, like, I'm sure you didn't like hearing your your voice in the beginning of it, and then after you're kind of like, oh. Yeah, it yeah. sounded really nasally at the beginning. Yeah, I feel it that. still comes through a little bit that way. But I think part of it too is my career path, which is like I work in sales and I I communicate with people. I do cold calls. I'm talking to people all day, every day. And so I had to adjust the way I speak to an extent just so people can understand me if I'm talking over the phone in particular, because that is a nightmare. Like, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's happened already this episode where I get an, a couple ideas in my mind and I'll just start talking quicker and I'm trying to get all the information out as quickly as possible. And I trip over my words because I'm thinking quicker than I can speak. And so like taming that is a problem uh, when I'm trying to talk over the phone with people who their first language might not be English. So then it becomes very confusing for them when I'm rambling away. So I've had to calm down on that. Unfortunately, on the podcast, it's, I'm very relaxed and I just treat this as like a fun experience. Right. So sometimes I let it get away from me. But yeah, working in sales in particular, you have to be able to communicate effectively and taking the time to just slow down, be a bit more methodical with what I'm saying. Really get into it. You know, completing the thoughts in my mind before saying it yeah, a lot of times is the important thing. I think too, like in sales in particular, it's very different from this. Like we're just having a conversation here. We're just chatting, whatever. I don't have a specific, you know, speech lined up whereas opposed to in sales, a lot of it, not even that it's, you know, predetermined, but I know exactly what I'm going into the conversation about. I know the points I need to make. So it is a bit more rehearsed just from a natural point of view where it's like, I know what I'm going to say. So at some point I'll end up saying this. And so I'm not having to come up with things on the fly like I am on the fly. Right. Yeah. It's kind of prefaced. Sort of scripted without mm-hmm. the script. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's like, if they have, if they ask a question, it's sort of like improv, but I mean, in improv as well, you, you'll you have things you can go back to where it's like, oh, I remember trying this out at one point. This might be a good spot to slot this bit in, you know? And it's sort of how it is in sales too, where it's you're talking to them, they bring up a question or like a an objection to something. And it's like, oh, I had a customer do this to me before. Here's what I said that worked. I'll avoid this because this didn't work. And you just slot in and it's sort of like, you know, puzzle pieces fitting in where you need to in order to work your way through the conversation and get to a positive right. resolution for everybody involved. Yeah. Do you, do you have that with like lyrics when you're making music? Like maybe you have a song that you've worked on before, but you didn't release it or anything. And then you think, Oh, you know, that particular line or that particular verse might fit well on this song. I've, I've that done that one. twice. I think I know for at least, at least one time. Hmm. And usually I only do that if I've had like a really bad day and I'm really burned out and I just can't seem to, um, you know, find the right words. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> do you ever, I don't, I'm sure you listen to a ton of music. I do as well. Cause I'm a lot of times I just spend editing and working on stuff and, uh, I noticed it with like some artists where they will repeat specific lines that they must have been very proud of. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't know no, if you I ever had the do. urge to do that as well. Yeah, but okay. So the reason I do that okay. too is um, <laughs> I think I picked that up from the industry doing it. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like I don't even know what you would call them. They're they're sort of like symbols for artists and. Um, so Drake, right? He's got this 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 sound effect that he's constantly using. It's not really something that he says with his voice, but it's like the six sound effect, and he's it's like the six six six. You know, it's just like it echoes out. I try to do that to make people feel like they can know it's me whenever they hear the the verse. They're like, oh, that's definitely low key because he's saying this, you know. So I just try to roll with that. I don't, I don't try to overdo it to where people are like, nah, dude, you just said the same thing in the last song. Like, why are you saying it in this song? <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I'm pretty sure 
one of the ones I was thinking of, I think it was Kanye West. He says uh, mayonnaise colored Benz. <laughs> I push Miracle Whips. And uh, I'm pretty sure he reused that like two or three times. Uh, I don't think it was, I think it was more on like unreleased music, but I think it was like one of those lines where he really liked it. And so he kept trying to like get it on right. a song that he wanted Probably to got use. Passed. Yeah. And he's like, all right, this is it. This is where it's going on last call. Yeah. I, just, I remember listening to like some mixtapes and I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, that sounds familiar. And I heard it again. I'm like, that sounds really familiar. And then you listen to like the album. It's like, oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I'm a, a victim of doing that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I've done the same thing with jokes and stuff on the show here. I know I've retold stories yeah. a number of I times. Think, and uh, Right. I've, I've I think another thing like too, that. though, with that is like <laughs> certain conversations open the door for you to reintroduce that thought. And you're just kind of like, this is the perfect setting for me to retell mm-hmm. this line or this story. You know? Yeah. I mean, I've also recorded like 300 yeah. hours of podcasts. So I feel like it's easy right. to forget what I've said. You're still human, you know? You know you're still a, a person ago. at the end of the day with, with knowledge that you own. Yeah. <laughs> There's also been times for sure where like a conversation comes up. And I'm like, oh, I know I've told this before and it annoys people. So I'll say it on purpose as though I haven't said it before. And I get like a message, you know, once every one or two messages every time I do it. And it's like, you already talked about this. Stop mentioning it. And I'm like, I'll be sure to bring it up again. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, one of the things I've always wondered, too, is when you're putting together an album, do you know going into it like this is about you know what I want to work with like lengthwise like how do you decide on like whether or not something makes the um, cut repetition? I, I listen to so what I do the process behind that is is I take all the songs that I I think I want to put in the album and I throw them all onto a SoundCloud playlist mm-hmm. and I start listening to them from start to finish from first to however many tracks are going to be on the album. And once, uh, once I develop, mm-hmm. you know, the tracks that I want on the album and I'm, I'm listening to them, uh, you know, I, I work like a 45 minute transmute to work. So I have plenty of time in the morning and in the afternoon to listen to my own music, um, before I have to get home and, you know, work on live stuff and do other things. So I use that time just to listen to my music, mm-hmm. listen to it over and over. And I start to be like, okay, this doesn't make sense. If this song is third, you know, this should be second or this song shouldn't be second. This should be the final song. So I just go into SoundCloud and it's very easy to change the order. So kudos to them because they really help me whenever it mm-hmm. comes to putting out projects the correct way. Yeah. Nice. Is there, has there ever been like a particular song that you were super proud of, but you weren't sure if it would fit on the album, like sonically, like it didn't sound like the sound didn't fit. In particular, yes, album, and I still removed it. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, I just, <laughs> just threw it as a single like individually. Then, interesting. It's like, how do you? I like a lot of artists will obviously use singles to like promote albums. How do you decide like what is going to um, be a single and what isn't? Then, is it just a matter of like what you think is going to be more? Uh, easily approachable. Yeah, you know, I'm learning as I go with that one. And something I I I I was taught just by trial and error is is previews. Man, Twitter is a gold is, is this golden app mm-hmm. that people I think take advantage of, and they they kind of let it sleep, and they don't realize like the power of voices and it's just putting a like a 45 second to a minute long snippet on Twitter. You get a lot of feedback. typically maybe not at first but Mm -hmm. granted if you keep posting snippets and they're getting better people are going to listen to them and they're going to repost them and i think you get a feel for what people want to hear and so that kind of gave me an idea okay they didn't really listen to this song that much but they really enjoyed this song so this will be a single that comes and then i've got other songs that feature people that i think a lot of people know who those people are so i'll probably drop that as a single right before the album drops and just, just little things like that to 
you know, you gotta, you gotta try all the waters. You gotta test the waters. And it's Twitter's or Twitter. I keep calling it Twitter. It's X now, but X. Is, I know, dude. I, I, I refuse it's to call it X. Twitter, it's Twitter my mind. Me forever. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah. Have you uh, have you utilized like no, YouTube I'm Shorts? I'm terrible with that. I'm terrible with effect? TikTok. With yeah, that Instagram reels. <laughs> I'm just I can't do it. I'm. I'm Mm. Yeah, Sorry, I, I'm just more of like I can't get behind the TikTok uh, era where it's like let me let me create 30 second song just to get you hyped like I'm making music for you to enjoy for you to mm. sit down at the end of a long day put it on and just close your eyes uh, I, I would much rather sit down and listen to like a full song or a full album as opposed to like a very short snippet of something like even like watching videos I hate watching I don't I mean I don't even have a personal TikTok account but like even YouTube shorts, I hate watching them just because of scroll, the way they're designed scroll, to keep you just scroll. rewatching it over and over and over again. I hate it, but because of yeah. what I do, I have to learn how to use this stuff. So like, yeah, like TikTok in particular, I don't know if it's as well. Like I would, I don't think I would use TikTok to promote our show at all uh, for the most part, but like YouTube shorts, uh, like I've used them a lot for like people I've worked with and it's weird because like on one hand, it it does get they do get views because it's so easy to just watch it really quick and then go on to the next one because they're all mm-hmm. on, they have to be 60 seconds or less um but like we've you know you upload a, a youtube short and like I, we've had a couple of them get a couple million views and not for our content but for like people i've worked with that have actual content to put forward as opposed to just an audio podcast <laughs> but yeah like it, they get a lot of views um which can draw people in um, the downside is anytime someone scrolls by it, it counts as a view. So like it, it's hard to determine how many, mm-hmm. I mean, you can see like watch time and everything like that, but it's hard to determine how many people are like looking at it or just happen to scroll by and they didn't even really right. see it as well. But it, it's sort of like, yeah, you kind of got to develop your own, thing as well. um, bar for like what to base the numbers off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, you can see like average watch time and things like that, but it it's also like, I don't know, it's affected heavily by the people who just happen to scroll by. Like I wish you could, it. I wish they had to watch for a certain amount of time in order for it to even count as a view, yeah. like, like an impression or anything like that. Because I bet, I bet if it only counts people who stopped and actually looked at it, the view count well, would always be higher. Dude. I think another reason they do that is because of advertisements and, you know, yeah. So they're like, oh, I did amazing on this advertisement when in reality people are just like, I don't want to view this freaking ad. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, One of the people I I work with, they, uh, they had a video, they were doing video advertising on YouTube. So it was just one of their videos. They put it up as an ad and would run before like related content based on like the keywords they chose. And, I didn't realize this going like when I started working with them. And so I started up and like, Oh, your, your video has quite a few views. Like that's, that's cool. And it was just like a generic video of like, Oh, who we are, you know? And I'm like, that's got, you know, has like 1.2 million views. That's, that's really good compared to like the rest of their content, which all gets like a couple thousand views. I'm like, why is this one so good? Like it's like soup. It was like super consistent like imagine like a graph it's like right. a perfect 45 yeah. degree angle going straight up i'm like why is this doing this and no, no one knew why but apparently someone that had like one of the relatives of, of one of the the owners had set it up <laughs> on like a google ads campaign and not mentioned it they just added it onto the google ads and oh, they weren't and like paying re- attention re- to it and then they they left they, they didn't actually work there. They just happened. They were just helping out for a little bit. And so we're like, we're looking into it and I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> you guys are just paying for views for this. And it like, it isn't really relevant. Like it's, it's just saying who you are. Like it doesn't, oh, no. it's not really selling the product or anything like that. I'm like, you're just paying like a bunch yeah, of money to get views no on this value video essentially. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a grief. Yeah. It was, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of people that will approach it where I mean, even like uh, they, there's so many 
uh, online businesses that will just offer you. You can just buy YouTube views, likes, subscribers, like anything, like on any social media platform. You can do it on Twitch, Twitter, X, ugh, uh, like all the Facebook ones, like Instagram, stuff like that. But it, you're just paying for nothing. Like it's just hollow likes, hollow, right? You know, subscribers and things like that. YouTube will go in and purge, uh, like pay, like subscribers that you pay for because they're bots, and they know that. Uh, so like they'll they'll wipe them out, and then it kills your momentum, uh, and you can get suspended for that as well. Uh, but like stuff like that, like people do that on like you know Instagram, like oh I want to pay for like all these likes, and it's like. It, it's one of those things where it has like an immediate gratifying effect where it's like, wow, this is cool. Like I've never had, I've had, I have a thousand <laughs> likes on my post. This is cool. I've never had this before. And it, it's like that weird cognitive dissonance where like yeah. they immediately forget that they bought it, but it makes them feel better. And then, but in reality, it's like they're getting like no comments on yeah. it. Like their watch time is really low. So like in reality, it's like, it's, I don't want to say it sucks, but like it's struggling. Like it's not actually doing very well, but they, trick themselves into believing it's succeeding but then they wonder why they're not seeing like you know increased growth because nobody's actually yeah, seeing spotted it, people you know and it's 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 weird to me it's so weird to me when people do that because i'm like you're just throwing money away and putting yourself at risk to mm-hmm. having your content taken down because it's you know been botted yeah it's similar dude even it's, with music yeah. um with spotify stats and itunes stats like you can buy plays which is i find it ridiculous mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's why I don't ever really look at that Spotify number and go, ooh, this guy's popping or this chick's popping. Like that, that is very selective numbers. Um, it's like when people, uh, write a book right. and they yeah, buy you know, it's of their own book It's like, okay, I understand maybe if you want to yeah. make it look good on the, the open day sale, but to do, you know, crazy numbers like 100 quantities or 1,000 quantities, like you're just playing yourself because you're not going to know if people actually enjoy what you're doing and you just kind of look like a fool. And then if you don't even like what you're mm-hmm. doing, you're, exactly. you're just a complete fool because now you're buying likes and you're doing something you don't even like, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Then on top of that, too, like I will, I don't know how many times I've talked to people about not exactly that, but. I'll give them tips. I'm like, listen, like this is the bare minimum of what you need to do in order to have like a chance. Like I'll use YouTube as an example. Now I'm like, you, you've got to like be focusing on like your tags. Uh, you know, that's huge. That's what gets you in the search results on YouTube. Like if you don't have tags in there, if you're not filling out the description, like your video is just not going to pop up because how is YouTube supposed to know what your video is about or anything like that? Like, so I'm like, I harp on that so much. I'm like, you got to throw the tags in there. You got to make sure those same words are in the description as many as you can in the title. Uh, and then, you know, like make sure it's high quality as far as like video quality goes, like make sure it's at least 1080p, but preferably better. 4k is ideal, especially in like current day, you know, make sure the audio is good. Make sure you get like an actual, like professional, like a not professional professional, but like a high definition thumbnail up there. Like this is all stuff YouTube looks at, you know, even if you have to put your, just type out a comment in the description, you know, like, Oh, what are your thoughts on, on whatever it is, is in the video? Like, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, let us know, type a comment out, like your own comment because it shows interaction on the video and it'll help to an extent, you know, you got to try out different like formats, different lengths, you know, different, you know, editing styles, but, a lot of people just, like I said, it they don't want to put the work in because they think it's just chop it up, throw it up real quick, and it's done because that's how they view a lot of these mm-hmm. social media. I think confidence plays a part in that too sometimes because people aren't confident in the work that they're For doing, sure. so they're like not proud of it. And proud is one of those things. That, yeah. Now they're just nervous. It's not even that they're they don't they're not proud of it. It's just like a nervousness thing where it's like. I, I mean, I guess you're right in the same way, but like it's, they're not proud of it because they're worried whether or not people are going to like it as opposed to, do you enjoy it? Like, as long as you're having a good time, upload it and people will see that. There's so many people I know, like, especially with podcasts, because it's so disconnected. It's like, my girlfriend could do a podcast. Like, right. she's a very socially awkward person, but I could easily have her sit down at the computer and be like, all right, just right. talk for 10 minutes and I'll upload it. She would have n- no problem doing that. 
because it's like there's no one there there's you're not it's very different from being like a twitch streamer where there's people actively watching you or like on youtube where the comments are all there for you to see very clearly you know but even on like podcasts a lot of times people are nervous where it's like uh uh um uh um you know and they're just like stuttering trying to get their thoughts out uh just to you know make the point and just create content but they don't really know what they're doing with it it's just a fun idea that they saw everyone else doing and so they wanted to jump on board i can imagine it, it can be very similar with music at times too i bet if i tried to do music i'd struggle immensely I don't have the voice for it for one, <laughs> but it's a very different editing process from podcasting for sure. I've tried. <laughs> did it, how did it take you a while to learn how to like actually like work with the music and edit it and get your voice and everything, how you wanted it to be? Oh yeah. You can, you can go well. like if somebody really wanted to take time to, to listen to my music, like from the past, they could find music from like eight to nine years ago. And you could really tell, like, you can listen to the oldest song I have mm-hmm. on SoundCloud, and then you can go and listen to my, my most recent release and be like, okay. Like, so I think it's just, it's like I said before, like, trial and error, dude. If you don't, if you're not trying things just to try them, then you're not going to learn. And if you're on YouTube learning, you know, you're just going to be kind of confused and somewhat learning. But if you, if you dial things, like, ear, your ears, like, you have the tools you need in order to make the best music. And, a lot of my problems were overthinking my sound and I was like, why can't I get it to sound like this? And it's like, well, that sound is just this certain equipment that's giving them that sound. So it's like chill and just maybe get some plugins that have a similar um, equipment, you know, because there's a lot of plugins that are shaped from certain compressors and, 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 and amps and whatnot. And that's where they get their plug-in sounds. And that's really all it is, just repetition. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do you do you find it easier to come up with lyrics after a while too? Just because you have, like you said, like getting a reps in where it's like, oh, this would work well here. So maybe it's just, uh, you know, you're learning. Like yeah. maybe your vocabulary increased, where it's like, oh, this this will rhyme. Like I, you know, it's just a matter of like learning all the different. I things think what helps with, with figuring out your sound is like you can you can develop a sound uh, good enough to where if you're doing a verse and you can't necessarily think of a word, well, you already know how to do certain effects to make it merge. Like you can just cut, chop the words up, you know? And so that's why I tell everybody that's starting out with music, like the best thing you can do for yourself is get like a blue Yeti and studio one. Like, I think they still sell like the kits for like a hundred, $200 and just play with it, you know, stick the USB in the computer, try to figure out how to record and then play with the effects. Yeah. I mean, I, I've noticed that too, like learning how to edit like audio in general, you know, you just notice the different like types of waveforms on screen. It's like, oh, I know exactly what that is. Edit that right, out right yeah. away. That's just, yeah, that's like a pop, you know, or like, oh, uh, you know, that's clearly like a little background noise or something. It's, uh, it becomes way more apparent. I feel like a lot of people pick up on that sort of stuff the longer right. you, you work with it. Was there a was there a particular challenge you faced when uh, when getting into music that you had to you had to deal with that was a particular um, struggle maybe? Dude, the biggest struggle with music was probably whenever I overdosed because like basically everything in my life was it just turned mm-hmm. to I never really struggled when it came to creating the music because I always I always dug from inside and I always I always spoke from what I was feeling and. Yeah, so like my biggest struggle was just life. That, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, like it. I feel like very different than like than my personal issues, like with the pocket. Like my biggest hurdle, almost always with anything I do, is just time. <laughs> I don't know if you have the same issue where it's just like, like I said, like I'm working like 85, 90 hours a week. It is exhausting. Like, thankfully, I have the vacation coming up. But, man, it's, like, that's my biggest, like, hurdle to, like, my creativity is I'm just always focused on getting other stuff done 
that I can't focus on the things like I would prefer to, like I would enjoy it more. Um, that yeah, or um, I think too is like when you're when you're constantly doing something, you don't have time to enjoy what you've just done, and you haven't had a chance to appreciate it, so you start to get <laughs> like demotivated and. I feel like it's creatives, whether you, you know, do podcasts, you do social media, you do marketing, like you're going to get burned out. I actually talked about this um, on X, yeah. but <laughs> um, yeah. I think I think it's scary because I'm sure you have somewhat perfectionist uh, in you that you just want to get things done when they're supposed to be done. But then, you, like you said, you don't have all the time in the world. Especially when it comes to other people's like stuff, like. For, for my own content, there is to an extent, especially when it's something I'm particularly focused on, like my writing, like that, my writing takes forever because I am very nitty gritty about it. Just getting into every little thing. Mm-hmm. I am very much a perfectionist on that. Partially, I think because it's something that's not released, where it's just stuff I'm writing, you know, for me to an extent until I get around to, you know, cat- not cataloging all of it, but actually putting quote unquote pen to paper and you know, creating the entire project. Uh, but with other people's content and things like that, it's just, I am very much a perfectionist. It's like a part of it is because it, it's a direct reflection on me and my work ethic where it's like, I want to show people that I am doing this as a professional. I'm making sure that I'm giving it 110% and I want to make sure it is the best it can possibly be. Uh, and I feel like if I don't do that, it's, you know, it makes me look bad because, you know, I'm, I'm just showing up like half-assing something. So like when it's other people's work, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely I agree. a perfectionist. I agree big time. But yeah, I've mentioned it plenty of times before too, like the burnout side of things. It definitely happens to me. Like there, there are some weeks, like I try and keep a fairly clear schedule on the weekends, just by clear schedule. It's still like chores around the house you know, being a part-time caretaker to family members. So it's not really a clear schedule, but it is as far as like work, work. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it, I still get burnt out or it's like, God, I just need to, yeah. I need a break. And so like, I, like I said, I mentioned on the show a number of times where the goal is to just be completely self-employed. If I can get enough people to, you know, trust me and like get enough clients in to where I can manage it effectively self-employment would be ideal because then I can really manage my schedule. Right. Yeah. That's, that's definitely one of the major goals. But I think, I think like you said, you know, the the more work you put in, people are going to see that you are treating this with, with all you got, you know, they, they don't go to, to Burger King or, or, you know, any, any, any uh, place of work and see a bunch of lazy people around and go, Oh yeah, we're going to stay here for the, for this little time being, you know? They want to see people in there busting yeah. ass or, or like going hard and cleaning dishes and, and, and cooking the food and, and have a great, great, uh, you know, big smile on their face. And it's similar to to online. You know, you got to keep a, a, a bubbly attitude. You know, nobody wants to hear negative things all day from you. Um, as bad as your day may have been, you still have to be bright and, and, and kind. And people don't realize like how much that that affects somebody. Yeah, confidence is contagious. Like good being having a good attitude can be contagious. Or it's like everyone will see like, oh, this person just right. barreling through, regardless of what happens. Uh, and it can help. There are definitely some people where <laughs> if you do that, they get pissed off. <laughs> I've definitely had that happen where they're like where it's like they'll they'll be having a terrible day and like I recognize that as well. I'm not like picking at it, but it's like I'm just working like I at the end of the day, I realize like this, I'm talking back when I was working like retail, like in high school where I, I don't know what is going on, but I don't know if this is picking up on my microphone. This is like the sixth straight fire truck that has gone by directly Jeez, outside my house out for some reason. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like I kept muting myself every time and I'm like, good grief. Like what is happening? Like I live in a town of like 800 people. What could possibly be going on? <laughs> but yeah, like I've, I've had that where it's like, working in retail in high school where people come in, they're just like absolutely miserable. And I'm just like, what do I care? Like it's working right. in retail. Like it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. There's yeah. no reason to get all upset about it. 
and they'll they'll get pissed off at me for like they'll be like you're not taking it seriously you're just fucking around i'm like but like right who cares where we're at right now like it's you know whatever i'll make it like five o'clock rolls around we all just go home and it will have no effect on yeah. us whatsoever they, like, they dwell on it out. i think too with with issues that come up yeah that being said there is and this is not like attitude related but like work ethic related and again i harp on this all the time but you do get in what you put out in many instances, not necessarily like if you work hard at your job, they'll definitely give you a raise and you'll succeed in that. Cause that's unfortunately not always true. Like business owners are happy to take advantage of employees if it'll make them a bunch of money. And I don't even mean that in a malicious way. Like if I go into like a, a job and I'm just working my ass off for minimum wage, they're happy to keep paying me minimum wage knowing I'm going to work my ass off. If everyone did yeah, that, they you would know, be just thrilled. Came in with that attitude. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, yeah, like I said, like at the same time, it's like you. I, this is a problem my girlfriend has sometimes, where she wonders why situations don't improve, or you know why like certain things don't happen. It's like you have to make it happen at a certain point, right? Like I, I there's a reason I change jobs, and I'm very like outgoing and like. I'm cold calling people and reaching out to people and working all the time. It's because I know if like I keep putting work in and just work and work and work and work, I'm going to have success and it's going to help me in the long run. Like there's no way I'm going to grow myself and my business by sitting around and waiting for everything to happen to me. Right. Like it, and I, I, I have to imagine it's the same with like music as well. Like if you just sit there and keep putting out music without promoting it, without reaching out and like collaborating with people, mm-hmm. you're going to struggle to grow. And there's some, in, in any aspect, not even just music, there's so many people that do that where they just wait for good things to happen to them. And that's just not how the world works. Even in an ideal world, that's just not how it works. You can't expect good things to just happen to you for yeah. no reason. Right. I mean. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Big time. Um, it's just. I, that definitely happens in music people you know they get comfortable and they're like oh um all right what i see a lot happening is is sometimes somebody will post a snippet like randomly and it'll do really good and then they'll post the same quality snippet you know this mm-hmm. almost the same style and it won't do nearly as well and then i see their whole entire attitude changes over the course of a few days and they're just kind of they're negative and they're just not feeling well and I'm, and I can't help but think, I'm like, did mm-hmm. you even think, you know, okay, people enjoyed this style, but they didn't enjoy it for, uh, you know, for whatever it is you're trying to recreate. They enjoyed it because it was something you wanted to just do out of the heart. Like, now, now you're basing your next video and your yeah. next content off that release, and that's not what they want. They they listened to the first one because that was just something that caught them off guard. And. I think people tend to follow in their own mm. their own footsteps and trends whenever something works once and it refuses. It's very easy to recognize when yeah, things feel you know, manufactured. Forced or, or even just, yeah. Yeah, I, I see that a lot with a ton of people that I work with where they'll they'll have like a particular video or social media post that does really well. And they'll be like, Oh, this is more of this, more of this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like it, it did well, figure out why it worked well. Right. Just try and base it on like the feedback people gave, look at like what did well and come up with something new using the same sort of concepts perhaps. Right. You can't just put out the same thing over and over again and think it's going to help you grow. That's just, yeah. People already saw it. They don't want to see it again. They could just go back to the original thing and, and watch it again. They don't need you to. If I if I post the same thing, the exact same post every day, <laughs> if anything, my channel is not going to see any growth. <laughs> Regardless of how negative. successful the first video is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's so weird. Like even from like a product standpoint, you know, people like with the you know selling things, where it's like, oh, you know, there's a there's been a fad the last like cup like year couple years. Uh, and it's not the industry I'm super familiar with, but the one business I work with does this with like epoxy dining tables 
which is tables with like the different colored like epoxy mm-hmm, resin mm-hmm. in the middle, like river tables they're called. That's that's been a trend that took off a bit, and they focused on that very hard, and you know it's it's still somewhat popular, but it's definitely died down a bit, and they're still going just as hard on it. I'm like, you have to keep changing and growing. Like you can't just you can't just die on this hill and expect everyone to be like, all right, well, no, that's what they're sticking yeah, with. No, so they keep going back to them. The attention spans. Yeah. We're, we live in a, we live in the worst day and age if you want to become a a, a uh, content yeah. creator <laughs> content just yeah you know so fast it's nonstop yeah and part of it too is like people will see things that are trending and try and jump on it but at the same time they'll, they'll jump on trends that aren't really applicable to what they do right and, and it I hate using the word, but it comes off very like cringy when you see a very like uh, formal business try and hop on like a weird like trend. Oh, like, like big teenagers and the memes to. on Twitter. Like, right. seen, like, yeah, like that and like uh, what was the uh, uh, what was it called? The one where it, everything is calm and then all of a sudden they uh, start break, the, like dancing and everything Harlem like that. Shake. Harlem Shake, yeah. There were so many of those. I was like, <laughs> and that's this is another hard thing. to watch. I'm like, people like, will every, like create these these trends and then other people will start following them, not realizing the rest of the world is sick of these trends and we don't even mm-hmm. want to see what your video is talking about or are you doing. Yes. That's why it's important to always mm-hmm. reinvent the it's, wheel. It's especially funny watching people that are like Yeah, it's especially funny watching people that aren't like caught up on it, like they're very behind. Uh, my girlfriend's mother is like that where she'll see something where it's like, Oh my God, look at this video. I saw that like two months ago. Yeah. Like, and it's like stuff like that where like some people I work with, like more corporate style people where uh, they'll be like, Oh, you know, saw this the other day. Like maybe this is something we get into. I'm like, that is (laughs) so unbelievably old. You will look ridiculous trying to do like get involved in that at this point. Like people will mock you Ugh. online for doing this, and like stuff like that. Like, uh, part of it, like a lot of the, not a lot, but there are, I'll say like fifteen percent of the people I work with. You know, I'm happy to work with them. I appreciate that they they hire me, but they would probably be better off just hiring an actual marketing coordinator, or like a social media manager, to just focus on it full time for them, because, you know. It, <laughs> I do not have enough time to explain to them why they should not be doing yeah, Harlem right. Shake videos. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's it's bad. Like that and like just some of them where they they want to get invested in social media, but they're so out of touch with it that they don't even understand. Like, I don't know how many times it's been people like in their like 50s or like business owners where they're just, yeah, I'm thinking of getting inve- like starting up on TikTok. How do I do that? And like, sir, you are so late to the game and so out of that industry that it doesn't even make sense for you to do that. I don't have enough time to explain. Kind of goes back to the idea of knowing your lane, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you are, you're trying to connect with other business owners to sell them your product. You're the people you're trying to connect with are not on TikTok. I definitely understand that. Yeah. It's, it's very uh, frustrating at times because like on one hand it would be easy money for me to just have them like hire me to do like some of the stuff for them. But on the other hand, I don't want to be that person that just takes the easy money and screws people over out of their time and money. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be that guy. I'd, I'd rather be a pro- actual professional about it and, ex- you know, be reliable yeah, you're, you're and honest with them. After. Cause there's, there's a lot of people that, yeah, there's a lot of people that would be like, yeah, I'll get you started on TikTok, <laughs> knowing full well, it won't work out, but they do it anyway. Cause like, oh, I'll, I'll make some money here. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'm like, man, that's just that's terrible. <laughs> These people come to you because they don't know anything about it and you're just taking their money. <laughs> it just seems like oh, taking advantage me. of them. No, you're good. But 
Yeah, I don't know. That being said, I'm always available. People go to deadjustproductions.live or just email Josh at deadjustproductions.live. Hit me up. <laughs> like, give me a you. job. I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very affordable. I'm just here to help people get started. But <laughs> oh man, but I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to mention here. We're a little over an hour. Is there anything else you wanted to, to bring up? Any projects you got coming out soon? Um, dropping a new song next Friday or this Friday. No, no, yeah, this Friday should be the 22nd. Um, with Miss B, Miss Seven. She's a wonderful, talented singer. Uh, we just collaborated on this project. Uh, it's kind of like one of the first songs that I really sang in that's going to be on streaming platforms. So, yeah, we're doing that. And then I'm dropping an album on October 26th. Yeah, I got some two exciting projects coming up. So I'll be, I'll be right around the corner. Nice. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much. Where can people go? Um, so you can go, you know, find me on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Pandora, wherever. Just L O W K E A. Or you can you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at lowkey713. And yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll refuse. I'll Twitter. look Elon dead in his eyes and say, Twitter is a wonderful app. It's the hill <laughs> everyone is willing to die on. But yeah, yeah, I've got... yeah, I don't. I, I have it set up on my phone uh, because I'm on there all the time contacting people. I mean, that's that's where we were communicating as well. It's I still have it set up, so it's the Twitter <laughs> icon. I will not use the X icon. Right. It's I. It took me forever, man, to, to yeah. update my app. And then I think finally it updated itself. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, you win. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw everyone. There was a thing where it's like everyone's like, oh, the new icon. It's just the X. And uh, I was like, okay. And it just didn't happen for me for a while. And then it finally happened. I was like, all right, well, now I got to change it back. And I had to go through the whole process of creating the shortcut and changing it to the, the Twitter icon. Because that's what it will always no, be. X no is for the past. Call it X. Yeah. And no one's ever going to upload wow, videos right. on there and call them X nope. videos. It's, not me. It's not what they're going for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, Josh, time, I appreciate you uh, bringing me up here. I'm so sorry that I missed the first one. Like I said, I had gotten hella sick, but super glad. So yes, yeah, glad we yeah, just so got to good. talk, shoot the shoot the crap, and just vibe out. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and like I said, everyone go check out his work. Uh, link will be in the description. Go check out deadjustproductions.live, and uh, go check out. Uh, our sponsors, which I failed to mention, as happens quite a bit, it seems. Terrible about it. We got Liquid IV and Zencaster. Those links will be in the description as well. Use code DJP15. Save some money on it. Cannot recommend either of them highly enough. Use Zencaster for every single episode recording. They're great. And Liquid IV, I drink literally every day. Uh, helps me stay hydrated after my workouts. So check them out. And thank you guys for listening. It's been episode 194 the Dead Just Productions podcast. We're so close to 200. I can almost taste it. It's, it's awful. It's, it's very digitally. Just like straight iron and bolts. my computer from the inside out. Yeah, it's just, it's very copper tasting. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. Thanks. We'll see you all next time.